Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hello, my name is Gary Mansfield, and this is the Ministry of Arts podcast, where each week I'll be speaking to a different artist. Now let's begin by bagging these bongos. Hello and welcome to episode number 94 of the Ministry of Arts podcast. This week's episode focuses on the most important event in my arts calendar. It's an exhibition put on annually by a charity called Kersler Arts. For the last 13 years, the Royal Festival Hall at the Southbank Centre have opened their doors to Kersler Arts and donated a huge space for them to show their exhibition, which generally lasts about five or six weeks. It's an exhibition that I champion all year round. The artworks are created by detainees in the criminal justice system, so as you can imagine, the artworks are extremely raw and powerful every year. It's an exhibition that should be part of everybody's calendar. I mean, a few of the curators over the last few years have been the likes of Anthony Gormley, Sarah Lucas, Grayson Perry. Next year is Camille Walala. It's a charity that's championed throughout the year by the likes of Bob and Roberta Smith and Jeremy Della, to name just two. It's a charity that, that really does offer people a second chance. It's a group of amazing people that put on exhibitions and events around the country to show us, the general public, that those detained in the criminal justice system are a whole lot more than just a prison number. 
and 2020 has without question been the most testing year in their half century that they've been established. Because Kersler Arts haven't let a little thing like a global pandemic get in the way of creating another amazing exhibition. The Royal Festival Hall was closed for lockdown, so they just brought it outside, onto the South Bank itself. It can be seen all the way along the Royal Festival Hall's terrace. It's called No Lockdown in the Imagination, and it's running until the 13th of December. But let me tell you a bit about Kersler Arts in their own words. Kersler Arts is the UK's best-known prison arts charity. They encourage people in the criminal justice system to change their lives by participating in the arts. They share those artworks with the public so people can witness this diverse range of voices, stories and talents. Kersler Arts inspire participation in the arts in the criminal justice system through awards and feedback, mentoring, sales, exhibitions and events. They increase public awareness of the potential in people in the criminal justice system through these exhibitions and events, publications and contributing to research. Their small team is based just outside HM Prison Wormwood Scrubs in West London. They partner with organisations across the UK to develop ambitious, innovative programmes to maximise resources and expertise. So please, come with me to meet Fiona Curran, who is the Director of Arts at Kersler Arts. Ah, oh, and I should add, this episode was recorded over Zoom using their own audio software. So although the recording quality isn't as good as normal, the content is as good as ever. This morning I'm with Fiona Curran, who's Director of Arts at Kersler Arts. Hiya, Fiona. Hi, Gary. How are you? Oh, not bad. Um, could you give us a little insight as to what Kersler Arts is? Right, well, uh, we are a prison arts charity, so we encourage people in the criminal justice system, so prisons mostly, but not just prisons, um, we encourage people to take part, to participate in the arts, to tell their stories, have their voices heard using fine art, design, music, writing. Um, and we run, at the heart of what we do is the Kersla Awards, an annual programme that um, offers everyone who participates a certificate, feedback on their work, a chance to be um, considered for cash prizes um, and also for exhibitions, displays, publications. Um, and the Kersla Awards and most of our work is open to anyone in the criminal justice system in the UK or to British prisoners who are abroad. Oh, superb. See, I became aware of Cursor Arts um, many, many years ago when I was a serving prisoner myself. I used it, I won a couple of awards, which was nice. You said they get cash awards to the participants. I understand that some of the do they get 100%? Oh, yeah. So Kersler Awards, I guess, is kind of multi-layered. So, yeah, if someone takes part in the Kersler Awards, they will get a participation certificate. They should get feedback. Um, they have a very good chance of getting a cash award from £20 up to £100. Um, they, If they want to, and if they were given permission, um, if they're in prison, then they can offer their work for sale through Carsla. Um, and of course, you know, 
art's not easy to sell. So we sell what we, you know, we sell the work that we can sell. Um, we do quite well, I think. Um, and we sell work online or through our exhibition. Um, the prices are quite modest um, in terms of the art world. But um, if you set, if an entrant sells his or her work for say 500 pounds, which is about the highest amount you can sell work for, um, then they will receive 50%, so 250 pounds. Um, and 25% goes to victim support and the other 25% goes to Carcel Arts to fund oh, the charity. So excellent. yeah, so they get 50% of the sale money, which is kind of industry standard, I guess, for the arts, but um, also with that donation to victim support. So they, uh, you, you've put on an annual exhibition um, each year for the last 13 years. It's been at the Royal Festival Hall. Yes, yes, this year, 2020. Is Unlucky there, for some. Was is there complications our this year? Oh, so many. We should have known. <laughs> yeah, our 13th year was definitely of, of exhibition at Southbank was definitely the hardest. Um, but in another way, quite exciting because um, as we went into the summer, it was really clear that our Camille Walala um, curated exhibition in the, uh, the back of Royal Festival Hall in our usual spot in September, as usual, that would be postponed to next year. Um, but we were so pleased really that we kind of chatted to South Bank all the way through the summer, saying if we can do something, it would be really meaningful. Um, and it became apparent that we could use, that the building would be shut, um, but we were offered the window spaces at, um, of Royal Festival Hall and the Queen Elizabeth Hall. So, um, first time ever I mean we have we have put a few artworks outdoors um, yeah. in the past we've had some text pieces outdoors at snake malting um, for example but this was the first time actually that Carcel Arts to my knowledge has ever exhibited work outdoors um, and I don't know I think it might be the largest or I've never seen prison art actually displayed outdoors before no. so um, I would I might guess it might be the first time that that's happened in the UK. So we, for the very first time, did an outdoor exhibition, had to completely rethink what we did so that it would work in case of lockdowns or second yeah. lockdowns, which of course we ended up having, and thinking of ways that we could safely get those voices heard this year. So yeah, doing an outdoor show was through necessity, but also... I guess for pre professionally for me, it's actually been really exciting in the end. I mean, quite, you know, stressful having to do something for the first time ever, but really exciting working with Southbank to make things work out. You know, the QR codes onto the website where you can yeah. hear more about the works and the artists' own voices, all of that, rethinking what we do and asking what's most important about what we do that we should try and preserve, even though it's an outdoor show. Um, all of that's been really exciting actually. And hopefully, you know, sadly, we couldn't put as many artists into the show as normal. It's just yeah. not as big a show. But um, yeah, I'm kind of hopeful that the artists who are part of it, it's exciting to be something part of something really different. Yeah. Um, and we might, you know, I think we might deliberately do some, but hopefully COVID will be over next year and we'll have a normal exhibition. But I hope that some of the things that we've learned we can preserve and some of the experiments that we've taken on we can try again or take further in the future so in that way it's exciting <laughs> well it's nice um as a curator as an artist it's nice to 
to have these challenges sort of thrust mm. at you, isn't it? Because it, it brings you off the track that you're regularly on. And yeah, um, yeah it gives you something else to, to think about. Has it got a title this year, the, the show? Yeah, so this year's exhibition is called No Lockdown in the Imagination. Nice. Um, which is a quote, um, I quote Lem Sisse. Um, he wrote a blog post back in May where he linked to our work and on our website and made that kind of quote talking about his own experiences and thoughts on the lockdown situation, that spring lockdown. Um, and so it just really resonated with me that just that text really. And then I thought, gosh, I could use this to help, help me select the work and narrow it down because they were still, you know, there were, oh gosh, there were six and a half thousand entries this year, wow. despite everything. And so when I was looking at the work, there was loads of brilliant content. I could have made, you know, 10, 15 exhibitions. So trying to think, how can we make something cohesive that works together? Once I had that title, I find it a lot easier, actually. Yeah. Well, it's, uh, it opened on the 12th of November, and I went down there on the following day, Friday, the 13th. Yeah. It's up on the, the upper level facing the river. Mm -hmm. Um. And it looks absolutely stunning. I was, I mean, I'm, I, I should add for anyone that, that isn't aware, I'm on the board of trustees for the Kersler Arts. I've, I've loved this charity for years and years and I was oh so proud when I saw it because I know that all the work that, that got put into it, the frustrations and, and it just looks absolutely amazing. You really pulled it out of the bag. I was Aww, so impressed. You. And you've got um, a couple of areas where you can just stand and listen to, to poetry mm, mm. um yeah so i stood there for uh sort of 20 minutes or so listening to the various poems it's always a very um strong powerful and often quite an emotional exhibition mm. um it hasn't lost too much of that coming outside if if anything where a lot of the artworks are magnified <laughs> sort of 10 20 times there's there's bars of soap I know you've got there that are possibly, uh, um, I don't know, maybe a metre wide, you know? Yeah, yeah. No, that was exciting because it's lovely. One of the most amazing things about Carcel entries, I admit definitely, is the kind of tactile nature, seeing the different materials. I know as an exhibition visitor, you can't touch artwork, but you can get quite close to it and you can really see the almost feel the artist's hand on the works um so you know it was a worry that you would just lose that or we're you know we're we're exhibiting photographs of artworks yeah on printed onto window vinyl um but what is quite exciting is that actually you can get you can make them so much bigger castle entries have usually come in the post to us yeah and so of course they're quite small and they've usually been made in prison cells so it, this the scale is always small of castle entries so it is really exciting to see you know a tiny little soap carving just blown up huge and the detail yeah. like the photographer managed to do them in such high definition so the detail's not really lost at all so it so as in some ways for an audience member you can actually you can get a, a different type of sense but in many ways quite an amazing sense of them there's a wedding dress because it's a photograph you can't walk around it that's a shame if it was yeah. in the exhibition you would probably go around and see the back of it 
but on the other hand you can see the stitching in such high definition because it's three times bigger than life yeah yeah um that i think i think that does yeah it gives a different thing and some of the images um i think like the bird cage for example that's on raw festival hall terrace that's a brilliant artwork in itself um that's why i chose it i like it in when i i've obviously seen the real thing um but i also like how it photographed and it almost became an the crisscrossing lines, the diagonal yeah, lines yeah. of the bars, it almost became like an abstract image when it was photographed. So yeah, it's funny, it changes it. So sometimes, sometimes with the photography, I thought, right, that's amazing because you can see even more detail, you get a better sense of this artwork than perhaps you would in life if it was behind a piece of glass or on a plinth covered with a lid. Um, but equally, sometimes I do recognise that actually it's just changed the artwork slightly. Yeah, giving um, it a new dimension. Yeah, yeah. So that's really fascinating. And um, yeah, it definitely happened with that bird cage piece, actually. You end nice. up, the photograph of it is not just a document of the artwork. It turns into a kind of abstract piece in its own right, which yeah. hopefully still keeps the artist's intention intact. But yeah. Yeah, it really does change it. And it, yeah, it's a really exciting way to work, actually. For a Hopefully we'll be back to normal soon, but it's in, in a way it's exciting to try something new. When I was there on fr uh, last Friday, um, I ended up interacting with two separate strangers who were <laughs> also looking at the artwork, who just mentioned it to me. And we, we struck up just a small conversation, oh, yeah. but, but talking about the artwork. And yeah, it definitely does give it a, a different dimension. I had to bear in mind, I mean, it's good because like it was true, I could have, you know, I could have done 10 or 15 exhibitions. There's so yeah. much brilliant work here. But um, I used the title to help narrow it down and also help use my own feeling of what were extraordinary work, given all the cars entries I've seen over the years. But then also, of course, I had to think, I'd love this piece. This is my, this is a gorgeous piece. Yeah. But will it photograph and be re and reproduce? Yeah well and sometimes the answer was no like if it you know some pieces are just so um fragile yeah. or um faint so it is the exhibition at South Bank does definitely have work in it that's more graphic or like kind of got stronger lines stronger colors work, works what I knew would probably um I had a feeling would work really well when photographed and printed because not every artwork does that and Obviously, if we enter a world where all exhibitions are <laughs> online, then um, that's not great for the works for, for which that doesn't work, which, of course, there's loads of brilliant work that it just doesn't quite work when yeah. that happens. Well, over yeah. on Queen Elizabeth Hall, you've got the three or four sets of double yeah. steel yeah. doors, and yeah. in the panels there, you've got little artworks, but um, are any of those to scale? Because a couple of them look like they may well be. They are to scale, yeah. Um, very... You know, definitely not a mathematician, but the idea definitely was that those were to scale. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So the just that section, so the doors, the QEH doors, that kind of menagerie of creatures. Yeah. Um, is how I thought about it when I, I looked for work that had, yeah, mythical animal on it, basically, or a, whether that's a teddy bear or actually a, a dragon. Yeah. Um. So that whole section. 36 of them, 30, 36 mythical animals. Um, yeah, they are to scale. So the little frogs are very, in real life, are tiny little um, 
objects made of sweetie wrappers. Um, but and so they are smaller in the photos than the um, teddy bear that's a bit yeah. bigger. Yeah. Now the photographer did an amazing job. He had to keep them all to ratio while um, when he sent us the photos back. <laughs> I was going, that, that's really tricky. <laughs> you did manage to get some sculpture in there, didn't you? In, yeah. With the um, matchstick modelling. Yeah. Um, yes. I mean, so there's one real object that's the fairground, Coed Fair from Park Prison. Um, yeah, that's the one real object that is not, so it's not a photograph, obviously, it's the real thing. But we put that in because it moves. So it the Ferris wheel goes round. Um, and so I thought actually, you know, it wouldn't have, that wasn't going to work as a photo. And we knew yeah. we had one space for a real object. Um, yeah. Should we want to put one in? And I, and I did slightly worry, well, I worried a lot that you put in one real thing and everything else is a photo. That's just yeah. going to look odd and weird. Like, why is it not a photo too? Or why are they not all real objects? Um, but luckily, I found that at the fair and realised that, well, the fair moves. Um, there's a reason not to just have a photograph of it. Because um, is that by one person or is that... Um, it's a group, it's a group. Oh, good, that's what I yeah. figured. Yeah, and it's just made of a huge collection of materials, matchsticks, but also bamboo sticks and bits of yeah. pink cotton wool. Um, yeah, um, I think Fimo modelling clay people. Yeah, yeah um, quite a large group of people made that. Is it, is, it, is it like a little fairground experience with what is there sort of like seven or eight different elements to it stalls yeah. and rides ghost, and stuff yeah ghost train all of that yeah and in, in fact there was a few pieces that we didn't put in it was um we had to fit it into that window space so yeah. the, it was it's even bigger than it is at the south bank because there was um two or three other stalls that we couldn't put in the window yeah and i did like because it's so it's so big at it's got, got to be what possibly 100 meters 70 meters uh -huh, yeah what the royal festival whole time from yeah start, yeah from start to the end of the exhibition i like the the sense that as you, i mean i come in from the um what would it be the west side the mm. more westerly side and works my way along and the the poetry you could hear it getting louder as you got oh, closer yeah. to it and it did sort of sort of pull you in you know and then just yeah. as you go past and work your way from that poetry you can still sort of hear it in your right ear and then you can hear it just around the corner there's there's new new yeah. verse going on yeah it was, it was really and it was interactive in that way insofar mm. as it sort of pulled your senses you know when it was inside um mm. most years you're able to write notes and give feedback to the yeah. to the artists yeah. um you're obviously not able to do that this year with pen and paper um mm. I understand that you're able to do that in another way. Yeah, yeah. So again, it's thinking through what are the most important parts of a cartel exhibition. It's mostly, yes, it's seeing the artwork, but it is also um, hearing direct from the artists about their work and then also audience members being able to directly tell an artist anonymously what they thought of their work, you know? Yeah. So yeah, so we did try, we preserved that. Um, we used QR codes um, we've printed QR codes near every every set of work in the exhibition and um, we asked the public to go on to the microsite that we've built for the exhibition and with every artwork there is a feedback form so actually every single artwork can still be given feedback in the way that we normally would do it if it was a real life exhibition yeah, at South yeah. Bank um, and then I suppose what's also really important to say is that completely 
but even normally, you know, our exhibition is not actually visited by many of the people who are in the show because they're in custody. Um, and also many of the people who are in the show, you know, they can have family members who are living quite far away from London and it's not easy to get down. So it, this year, as in other years, but this year, more importantly, lots of people won't see the show. I mean, even if you live in London, you, you may not get to see the show because of all the different restrictions here. So um, the show also lives online um, on a microsite, so it can be viewed like completely on there. And where can people see that online? Uh, well, if you go into the Carcel Arts website, uh, carcelarts.org.uk, as soon as you go into the Carcel Arts website um, throughout November and December, there'll be a pop-up that'll take you to the Carcelar, well, to the no, no lockdown in the Imagination microsite. Um, and, and on that microsite, there is audio recordings telling you more about the work. There's spots where you can feed back on the work um, and you can also purchase works. The London show is generally the largest. You do a few shows each year. Because of COVID restrictions, are you, are you able to, to put on other shows around the country this year? Yeah, um, we've been surprisingly lucky. I mean... <laughs> We have been planning for several years an ex our first ever Yorkshire exhibition in the Millennium Galleries in Sheffield. And that is actually set to open at the end of January. Fingers crossed, lockdown permitting. It runs, it runs for several months. So it goes um, like throughout quite a lot of the first half of Jan of 2021. So even if there was a lockdown again, or if there was a postponement, I'm pretty confident that that show will go on and we are getting the work framed now because we're really excited about it. So that work, that exhibition is more in the normal vein of Carcel exhibitions in terms of it's really, really unusual that I or my team curate our shows. We like to, I mean, it's an incredibly powerful position to be in to be a curator of, of any exhibition. So. We like to pass that power on to different people or different groups. So um, the Sheffield exhibition is curated by our youth bending team from Sheffield. So um, oh, nice. yeah, so young people have selected all the work um, and titled the show. They're working on the image that's going to be the lead image as well. So um, that's going to be their show and it's opening end of January and I'm pretty confident it will open. If it doesn't open at the end of January, it'll be in February. It's definitely opening. Oh, nice. <laughs> so how long is yeah. it on for? Oh, it's on for months. Um, I think it's on for about four or five months. Oh, excellent. So, yeah, so every, hopefully it'll take us through this quite difficult time. And I kind of see it still being on um, quite late spring. Should should be, I, I hope, something that's visited by lots of people. Um, and one of the kind of first things to kind of reopen in Sheffield, actually, when when we get back into museums and galleries. And have you got much else on your calendar for the 2021? It's a, it's a bit yeah. hard to, to nail anything down at the moment. It is, but then things are emerging. So we are also um, planning a show, can't say a huge amount about it at the moment, but we're, we're planning a show at home in Manchester. Um, and that's going to, primarily be work from the northwest of England but there will be some other works in it too um, and I think that's going to open at the end of April 
Um, oh, nice. Um, and yeah, and I'm pretty confident about that one. The timing means that I hope, um, of course, COVID gives us lots of surprises, but I, I hope that that actually will open on schedule. And then actually, as we go into later 2021, we then expect to be back at the Royal Festival Hall with our postponed Camille Wallala curated exhibition in September. I'm, I'm relatively positive about that, that, that we'll get to do that. Um, and we're still trying to figure out some other regional exhibitions for the 2021 awards year. That's actually quite a hard year to plan for because all the venue partners that we work with are at the moment having to reschedule everything yeah. that they cancelled or postponed from the last six months. Yeah, everything's so, shifting along, isn't it, at the yeah, moment? It's yeah. like building blocks being pushed along. Yeah, yeah, it really is. So that in some ways it gets harder the further down the line we go now because we, yeah. there's, there's this massive pushback of everyone's projects. But yeah, we're, we're, it starts to form. I think one of the biggest challenges really of the summer, I mean, look, it was the same with curating the exhibition is that everything keeps changing. So it's very, you know, you think you've pulled together a list of works that you want to use and then maybe the it, everything just changes again. Um, it doesn't yeah. let you relax, does it? No, it doesn't. <laughs> just when you think you've got it all in the bag, something else comes along and gives you a new yeah. challenge. Yeah. Um, you mentioned that uh, Camille Wallala is going mm. to be the curator next year. Yeah. Um, that is sure to be quite an exciting exhibition because, um, yeah, Camille doesn't do things quietly visually, mm. does she? Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I hope it will really pop, actually. I think the... I can't imagine, I think it'll be really exciting what she can do with a, with a space at the Royal Festival Hall. So the space is kind of under the Royal Festival Hall and it, it has a kind of tunnel-like feel, yeah, which yeah. I think will, I think she'll go with and she'll use it um, and make the most of that interesting. And, you know, sometimes we find that trip, that space such a challenge. I think she'll, she'll really um, transform it. I think that'll be really exciting. Quite I mean, different for us. As well as Camille Wallala, you've had some um, quite prestigious curators in the past, haven't you? Yeah, yeah. I mean, we've had loads of brilliant curators. I mean, like I said, so we like to play with the power, the power I suppose, allowing diff inviting different people to have that powerful position and also to bring their perspective. So we invite artists, musicians to curate, but also groups or individuals who've been through the criminal justice system. So uh, the last few years, last year we had the musician Soweto Pinch, who curated the show. Very he, good one, that. Yeah, and he put kind of sound beds into the show, mu uh, music that he wrote specifically for, for the exhibition. Um, so that was a really gorgeous kind of musically influenced show. Um, we've had the year before that we had families of people who were in prison um curated the show um and they each did their own different section um and i loved that show because it followed especially because actually it followed on from anthony gormley the year before that and he he did an amazing selection yeah um but the two selections were really different from each other as well which is important it's a whole you know it's what you kind of want um, the family members brought in a lot of their personal. It had a family feel to it. It really yeah, did. Yeah, 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 it did. Yeah, because some of the curators were quite young, actually. Um, yeah, there's a really wide age group. Um, 
yeah, so we really play about with who who gets to take on that role, and we we yeah, we've had people from Anthony Gormley and Sarah Lucas. To, Sarah Lucas is one yeah. I thought was really quite exciting. Hers was brilliant. She kind of turned it into an installation almost. Very much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the plinths that she used were the kind of concrete blocks that yeah. she uses in her own work. So it was such a visually stunning kind of use of the space. And also she very much, both Sarah Lucas and Anthony Gormley, both um, looked at the difficulties of that, the exhibition space. It's quite tunnel-like. And they kind of went with it rather yeah. than fighting against it. Um, and I think that worked really well. Well, I know that Sarah put pretty much a petition down the middle, didn't she, of yeah. those concrete blocks, which which made it feel even longer yeah. and, and yeah. narrower. Yeah, yeah it, she emphasised it, yeah. It really did give you a, a, a sense of being enclosed, because normally yeah. with a space like that, you try and open it up. But yeah. obviously, because of the context of Kersler Arts, um, mm. yeah, she was focusing on that. And I, I must say, I think my favourite was Speech to Bell. Oh, yeah, that was amazing, yeah. It was just really bright. It was unexpected, which is, you know, why it got me initially. Yeah. But it was bright, it was interactive. You had to sort of go through the, the plastic, I, I don't yeah. know what you call them, like refrigerate a door, um, yeah. uh, plastic flaps. I thought it was brilliant. It yeah. really was good and playful. Yeah, and you know what was amazing about that show? I was thinking about that recently too. What was amazing about that show is that there was definitely a bit of herself in that show and you could see it and that's what's really great. So I could never have designed that show. I could never have had those ideas. And um, a lot of visual artists, I don't think, could have had could have made that show. Oh, I definitely. Yeah, I think it was just amazing how she... Yeah, and there was a piece that was very loud that like kind of assaulted you in that exhibition as well. And, she, and it was just really, you know, that the noise of this piece kind of blaring out every few minutes. It was intense in a certain area of the show and it worked really well. A lot of, I think someone from an arts background might, well, an arts, a visual arts background might not have, they wouldn't have chosen to exhibit in the same way. And it's really great to just see someone else come along with that freedom of coming from a kind of diff, totally different music background yeah. and seeing what they did. Well, that's the beauty of having um, different types of curator each year. Um, going from the professional artists into um, like family members who have no association in the arts. It yeah. really does give them a, give the viewer um, a different angle to walk around each year. And it's, yeah, it's very comforting. Yeah, and I mean, when the families curated, there was um, a bit where one of the family members, there was some audio recordings. She selected lots of spoken word and music. And she had the idea that we could have a kind of listening area that was a bit like when you're on the phone to your loved one in prison. And I, I thought it actually, in the end, it was it was a really moving kind of touching bit of the show where you were, the audience member was, it was very, you did really mimic it without it being, yeah, it was just an echo of it. It wasn't completely mimicking it, but it was just this lovely echo of, um, yeah, phoning, being maybe a mom phoning a son that's in prison. It was a yeah. really good bit. The, the wall that you're talking about, I like that. That was a, uh, as you say, a couple of years ago. Mm. And if you're standing there listening to, to one of the audio pieces, you have got someone a little bit too close to you, yeah. which was, it was, because it, it, yeah. that gave you that other, that other sense of being closed in. It really was 
a good yeah. and clever thing to do. Yeah, it was really great that that was wonderful and really yeah, and there was a lot that was moving in that exhibition because because it was selected by family, but also really hopeful. So no lockdown in the imagination at mm -hmm. Royal Festival Hall. Yeah. Um, how long is it up for? It is on until the thirteenth of December. Of course, lots of people won't be able to physically go to it, but it is also on in the internet. <laughs> so <laughs> they can go, people can go. Um, There's and no see closing it, time there, it right? Is, it is always open. Um, I, <laughs> um, and all the work is up there um, with the background info. Um, and also there'll be a film up very soon um, on the website, kind of taking people around it as well. Excellent. So that's no lockdown in the imagination at the terrace of the Royal Festival Hall, and it's on just for a few more weeks until the 13th of December. Yes, um, yeah, South Bank Centre till the 13th of December, but also online. <laughs> Excellent. All right, Fiona. Okay, great. Bye, Thank you it. very much. Have a great day. And I'll See you soon. soon. See you later. Bye. Thank Bye -bye. you. There we go, Fiona Curran of Kersler Arts. It doesn't get much better than that. Now, I've been going to these exhibitions and giving my support to Cursor Arts from the moment I was released from prison. And just about 18 months ago, I had the absolute honour of being invited onto their board of trustees. I'm so proud to be just a small cog in this amazing machine. So please, if you're able, go up to the South Bank, make your way to the terrace of the Royal Festival Hall and just see the amazing work that has been created by some of our forgotten members of society. I mean, as I keep saying, art has the power to change lives. Christ, I'm a product of that system that was given a second chance and been able to give something back to society. I mean, even if you're not able to go to the South Bank Centre, as Fiona said there, you can go to kerslerarts.org.uk. You can see the entire exhibition online on their microsite. And if you do that, please just take a few moments to find the QR code that Fiona was talking about and leave a comment about one or two of the artworks. These comments go straight back to the artist. And believe me, when you've been taken out of society and a stranger gives a few words of support, it genuinely can be the turning point that someone needs. And worse ways, if you're not able to do that, go over to Kersler Arts' social media page, which is at Kersler Arts. And Kersler is K-O-E-S-T-L-E-R. Just look through their posts, give them a few likes, send them a bit of love and support the people who are supporting so many others. And remember, there's no lockdown in the imagination. News alert, news alert. I've got a little bit of news for you. As you're aware, we've been running this podcast for a little over two years. And if you're a regular podcast listener, you may have been aware that this podcast hasn't got any adverts. Most have a couple at the start, in the middle and the end of each episode. We took the decision just over two years ago not to do that. As a result, the financing, recording, editing, production and promotion has all been done by one person. And all of that work and financing has started to take a strain just a little bit. So we've started a Patreon page to try and draw up a little bit of support. And you can do that at the cost of as little as £3 a month, which, well, is pretty much a cup of coffee. There's several different tiers, starting from, as I just mentioned, £3 a month just to support the podcast. There's £5 a month to become a friend of the podcast. There's a VIP where you can get insights as to up-and-coming shows for 6 50 a month. 
for £15 a month, you can have your own little 20-minute episode over on Patreon. For £17.50 a month, you can get three small canvases that have been signed by or drawn on by the guests. And for £30 a month, you can have your very own bonus episode coming out just like this one you're listening to now, which will be aired on iTunes, Spotify, Google, everywhere. So please, if you're able, shoot over to Patreon and have a look. That's www.patreon, which is P-A-T-R-E-O-N, forward slash Ministry of Arts. So as I say, for the price of one cup of coffee per month, you can help these great conversations stay ad-free whilst helping the Ministry of Arts develop and grow. It'd be great if you could, but absolutely no problem if you can't. On whichever platform you listen to this podcast, you should be able to leave a comment. If you could do that, that really would help us get noticed and anyone else looking for an arts podcast. So, thanks for listening, and until next week, ta Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. 
juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.